I would like to protest that Natalie has been cutting all of my friends' references out of every podcast. Episode. Episode. And I think we've all been through a lot right now. Turn that off. I'm going to turn that sound off. How did I do that last time? Welcome to another episode of Wolf Disney. I'm Sarah Wolf. And I'm Natalie Wolf. And we are two sisters with very little Disney knowledge, very little Disney experience, and yet here we are going through the Disney feature films in chronological order each week. This week we have the delight of discovering Pinocchio. So we are in the middle of week whatever of quarantining. And there have been lots of fun games that people are playing on social media. And I saw one that I thought we could play. And it is spelling your name using Disney characters. What? You spell your name, like in each letter of your name has to be a Disney character. So like an acrostic? Yes. Can you do it? So like the first one would be a character that starts with the letter N? That is how an acrostic works. Okay, I didn't know if it was that or, like, the image of the character shapes the letter. Oh, no, no. How could, okay. we, how could we ever possibly do that? I mean, S would be some snake on one of the Disney I'll, movies. Do you want me to go first? S is Sleeping Beauty. This is a good one. A is Aurora. Yeah. Does that count? Same character. Oh, I didn't think about that. R is Rapunzel. I haven't seen Tangled, but I assume her name is Rapunzel in the movie. I honestly could not tell you. I've seen it, or I don't know. Oh, oh, Robin Hood. That's an R. Um, And then another A is Arthur, King Arthur. What? Ariel, the Little Mermaid? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yes, we'll go with that, Ariel, and then Hercules. Okay. Um, All right. don't you wish mom and dad gave you a shorter name? <laughs> if you're a boy, you'd be Owen. You'd only have four letters. N would be... Nala. Sorry, Nala. <laughs> from um, the Lion King. From the Lion King, yes, yeah. exactly. A would be Ariel. I have two A's too. Ariel. Okay. He would be Timon. Ah, sticking with the Lion King. Uh-huh. A would be... Your face right now is amazing. Alice. Sure. Alice in Wonderland. Yeah. Um, L would be not Lion. It would surely there's a character named Lion in a Disney movie. I think they all have names. Um, L would be Lucifer. One movie is Lucifer. Oh, 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 uh, Cinderella. Oh, yeah, yeah that is. Great. That's the cat. Yeah, that's a cat name. <laughs> Uh, I would be, is there an Ingrid? Um, I, Ursula. Close, I would. Oh, Ichabod Crane, Ichabod Crane. Isn't that a Disney movie? Isn't there like a movie, a Disney movie that has like a bunch of like different like vignettes? Ichabod Crane, Ichabod and Mr. Toad. Yes. Ichabod Crane. Um, um, what am I doing? E? Yeah. Eric, Prince. Yeah. And Little Mermaid. Got it. So Natalie, had you seen Pinocchio before this week? Not to like my memory, maybe when I was little. Yeah. I think for sure I've seen it before. And there are definitely things like, I do, there were moments that I was like, I do not remember this. This is terrifying. My favorite characters were the little cat and the fish. And they were the most sympathetic characters. and. They were the ones that I would, like, watch a sequel based on, <laughs> like, not any of the other characters. Well, I did not put this in my notes, but there, um, there is, like, at least one Disney short that's Figaro and Cleo together. Okay, well, I might have to watch that after this. Yeah. Because it was truly terrifying the rest yeah. of the week. So you did research on the original, like, children's book, Pinocchio, right? Did. What did would, you learn? Would you like to hear about it? Okay, so Pinocchio is a fictional character, which is good to know, because 
<laughs> oh my god, that's terrifying. Uh, yeah, fictional character and protagonist of the children's novel The Adventures of Pinocchio by Italian writer Carlo Collodi, C-O-L-L-O-D-I of Florence. There's a lot of Italian in these, and I should say that Italian is not my first, second, or third language. Um, but yes, he is the writer, and he, you would think I would have written a date, but I did not. 1883. Thank you. Um, the origin of the name is uncertain, but it can be related to the word pino or pine, as um, Pinocchio is made of wood in the oh. diminutive Thank you. Diminutive Tuscan form Pinocchio, hence equivalent to Little Piney. I really think they missed an opportunity there to just call it Little Piney. Pine boy. Piney boy. This was the one that made no sense to me. Um, like, they're wondering where this name came from. The author used a Florentine dialect frequently in the book and is also similar to Pino, which is a nickname for Giuseppe, which is the Italian form of Joseph, of which Geppetto is also a nickname. And so Pinocchio could also mean little Joey, which made me think of Mm -mm. baby kangaroo Triviani. There's my friend's reference. And so listeners, if you're looking for the flow chart of what she just said, those root word uh, relations, it's on our Patreon. All right. So Pinocchio original story. Um, he's known for having a short nose that becomes longer when he is under stress. Um, yeah. Especially while lying. Cause I guess lying should hopefully make you stressful. It doesn't make everyone stressful. So in the original tale, the author describes Pinocchio as a rascal, an imp, a scapegrace, a disgrace, a ragamuffin, and a confirmed rogue. Even his father refers to him as a wretched boy. So like even upon being born, Pinocchio immediately laughs in his creator's face and he steals the old man's wig. So very different from that scene in the movie. Wow. There are morals in this movie. What do you think the morals are, Natalie? Not being selfish, being true, brave, and kind good yeah basically i mean this one says uh a warning against lying and the larger ways of the world um this was originally intended to be a tragedy so um it originally concluded with the puppet's execution wow uh pinocchio's enemies the fox and the cat which we see in the movie bind his arms, pass a noose around his throat, and hang him from the branch of an oak tree. This is an excerpt from the original. A tempestuous northerly wind began to blow and roar angrily, and it beat the poor puppet from side to side, making him swing violently, like the clatter of a bell ringing for a wedding. And the swinging gave him atrocious spasms. His breath failed him, and he could say no more. He shut his eyes, opened his mouth, stretched his legs, gave a long shudder, and hug, hung stiff and insensible. Wow. That's, I mean, this is supposed to be a children's book. That book was supposed to be for children. Yes. Not, not Disney um, no. adapted it for children. Yeah. No, no. I think it was, it was, well, yes and no. Like, there were, there were things going on in Italy that, um, that the writer was trying to help kind of go against um and it was about like industrialization and a a need for reliable labor in the cities and so like the the character traits that we that Pinocchio is supposed to be showing are the character traits that you would want in your labor laborers in your factory workers and all of that um we should cite our sources and once again most of my (laughs) sources are from Wikipedia thank you Wikipedia Um, but I really enjoyed that Wikipedia felt the need to explain to me the difference between a marionette and a hand puppet, um, which then led me down the thought of how would this movie be different if Pinocchio had been a hand puppet? Yeah, that would have been different. (laughs) There would have been like some kind of ghost theme in it because as soon as Stromboli brought a hand puppet that doesn't have a hand, I got no hand. Yes, that would be a really weird song <laughs> to hold me up. 
I think that would be a little less charming with the audience. It's like, I mean, it's already spooky, but it would be a darker movie for sure. So um, some other things that are different um, and things that made more sense to me after reading the synopsis um, was that like the, in the book, the time that they're on Pleasure Island, which in the book is called the Land of Toys, they're there for um, five months and they wake up with donkey ears. Um, and it's described as a haven for boys and sometimes girls. Mm. So yeah, the other thing is on Pleasure Island, Pinocchio in the movie befriends Lampy, Lampwick. Well, in um, the book, his name is Candlewick. Um, so they have been on Pleasure Island, I guess, for five months, and they've been turned into donkeys. Candlewick completely, uh, but Pinocchio not so much. Pinocchio is sold to a circus ringleader, and Candlewick is sold to a farmer who makes him work at a water mill. In a later chapter, Pinocchio is sold to a drummer who attempts to drown the donkey in order to skin his hide and use him to be made into a drum. The man is then surprised that instead of finding a dead donkey, he sees Pinocchio who says the fish ate away all of his donkey skin. Um, so it's just really kind of a terrifying story. Yeah. And so then the other um, similarity difference is the big climax of the movie book involves a giant fish. Mm-hmm. In the book, it's a dog shark, dogfish, the dogfish. He is described as larger than a five-story building, a kilometer long, which does not include its tail, uh, sporting three rows of teeth um, that can easily accommodate a train. Pinocchio is first clued into the dogfish's existence by a dolphin. So I guess a dolphin tells Pinocchio. (laughs) The whale swallows him whole along with a tuna that he befriends. He discovers Geppetto, who reveals that he has been trapped inside the dogfish for two years, surviving on ship supplies swallowed by it. Mm-hmm. When it is revealed to suffer from asthma, a condition that forces it to sleep with its head raised above the water and its mouth open, Pinocchio carries Geppetto on his back and swims out of its mouth. When Pinocchio's strength begins to fail, the tuna helps them reach the shore. <laughs> Okay, so for some reason, the idea of Pinocchio creating a fire in the belly of the whale is now more realistic than this whale having an asthma problem and sleeping with his head above the water with his mouth open. I don't have an inhaler, so (laughs) sleep with my head out of the water. I don't know. So some inconsistencies. in the book, his nose does grow a little bit, but like Disney just kind of like focused in on that and made that the hallmark of Pinocchio. Like I think when people think about Pinocchio, that's what they remember is the growing nose. That is what I associate with Pinocchio is the long nose. Like when you Google, I tried to find the origin of the name Pinocchio and now the dictionary literally just says somebody who's known for fibbing. Uh-huh. Um, but I feel like that still wasn't as large of a part of the movie oh, as you would think it is. When you see the movie, it's like three minutes in the movie. Yeah, I mean, it happens like two or three times. Yeah. I, assume, I assume, too, it's been the whole movie being like, I have to tell the truth, I have to tell the truth, and that doesn't right. happen. Um, two other fun facts that I found that are not related to the history, but today the film is considered one of the finest Disney features ever made and one of the greatest animated films of all time with a 100% rating on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. Um, and then the other one was that Guillermo del Toro is co-directing a stop-motion musical film to be released in 2021 and the lead character will be voiced by Ewan McGregor. You know. An Italian. So that that's my background. Natalie, what did you research this week? I researched some of the creation of the movie on Disney's side, um, as well as just some a few like fun facts about the characters and their development. So in nineteen thirty-seven, while they're producing Snow White, um, animator Norman Ferguson brought a copy of the Italian children's novel to Walt Disney. Um, and Ferguson was later quoted to say that Walt was busting his guts with enthusiasm over this book. Okay. Yeah, so Walt was really like it. And hearing the story, the true story of it, I'm not quite sure which part. There are a few people who like have theories on why this appealed to Disney and why it has the themes it does. And a lot of it has to do with classism um, and encouraging boys and people to be a part of 
like the good middle class and not, I guess, more of the blue collar working class who hangs yeah. out at circuses or in the bar where the cat and fox go. Um, but also not being like one of the Hollywood sketchy people like Stromboli is portrayed. Or, or the coachman. Or the coachman. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it sounds like an exciting story, but if I, if I knew that I was kind of um, creating this world of feature films for children. Oh my gosh. It's terrifying. Yeah. So Pinocchio was originally going to be their third film after Bambi. Uh, but Bambi was delayed because as we remember last week, the animators were animating for the first time and they were having issues figuring out how to animate um, specifically animals realistically with their movements. Hmm. This is also the first time an animated film used celebrities as voice actors. Oh. So if we had been like 20, yeah. in, the, in the late 30s, we would have recognized the voices. And I think just a large part of this came from Walt Disney seeing the success of Snow White and realizing that they could invest more in these movies. Um, we'll go to animation part. So animation for Pinocchio began in 1938. It took 12 artists 18 months to get Pinocchio's look that Walt wanted. Oh my gosh, just his look. Yeah, so I think they really struggled with um, Walt Disney really wanted, because Pinocchio clearly has a different personality than he does in the books. Uh, he wanted yeah. him to be a puppet, but still have like charming, cute boy-like qualities that an audience would find him endearing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it sounds like the animators just kept creating versions of Pinocchio until finally one of them suggested creating a boy first and then giving him puppet oh. qualities. If you go back and look at the original drawings of Pinocchio from the book, he's, he's like balding. He's a man and yeah. he's, he's balding. Yeah. And even like later, later films of Pinocchio from, like from other countries or just even the United States of different studios. Mm-hmm. And I still, like, I think of all of them, Disney has the cutest yeah. little boy character. Yeah. I saw those the rest of, Yeah. The rest of them definitely favor the puppet side more than the boy side. Um, uh, one of the reasons why Pinocchio was so groundbreaking, um, and I think one of the reasons why it's stuck around as such a huge film for Disney, is that they used effect animation. Which is? Which is um, the animation of things that are not characters. So like the water scenes, and when they're smoking, um, and movement of like trains and things. It's so, like anything that's not the character. Like in, if you think it back to Snow White, a lot of the background scenes are just very still, just oh, yeah. like, almost like a watercolor painting. Mm-hmm. Whereas the things around the characters um, also sort of come to life in Pinocchio, which is um, a new development for animation at the time. That's cool. Um, and actually, um, so much so that the monstro whale scenes um, were later used by Little Mermaid animators to figure out their underwater scenes. Wow. Yeah. Uh, that's why it's got such a good rating. Yeah, um, and they figured out ways. They used a lot of props to figure out this kind of animation. Um, so their set, their set crew, I guess, um, made a bunch of cuckoo clocks and a model of Stromboli's train, and they yeah. watch it go back and forth and um, animate based on that. Another animation technique um, that was important for the movie was rotoscoping. Oh, yeah. Um, it was specifically used for Jiminy Cricket. Yeah, you can um, tell. Be quiet. Um, they brought in an actor named Val Stanton. They recorded him moving around on stage and they would trace over the frames from the clip to help them animate Jiminy Cricket. So animator Ward Kimball had spent several months animating a soup-eating sequence in Snow White, which was cut from the film due to pacing reasons. And so he was about to quit and then Disney rewarded him with the work of promoting him to supervising animator for Jiminy Cricket. Um, so he is... How long did he spend on the soup? They were animating that for a long time, so I don't know. I feel bad. I don't blame him. Uh, it's probably a... Also, I can't imagine that'd be an enjoyable scene of just them all slurping soup. Um, so Kimball's the one who came up with the design for Jiminy Cricket in the end, whom he described as a little man with an egg head and no ears. <laughs> Later, he joked, the only thing that makes him a cricket is because we call him one. <laughs> Which I think is valid. Pinocchio, the movie by Disney, won two Academy Awards, um, one for Best Score and one for Best Song for When You Wish Upon a Star. It is the first Disney film to ever win um, Oscars in both musical categories. 
which won't happen again until, do you want to guess what movie by Disney? Um, is it after 1990? No. Before? Uh, Knobs and Broomsticks? Close. Mary Poppins? Yeah. Ah. Um, other fun fact about When You Wish Upon a Star. So we know, I think, that um, it became this kind of theme song for Walt Disney Company. Yes. And in Japan, Sweden, Finland, Norway, and Denmark, the song is also a song for what holiday? New Year's? Christmas, referring to the star of Bethlehem. When you wish upon a star? Yeah, so I think they've changed some of the words around. I think that might still be part of the song, but they've definitely at least like changed verses slash maybe part of the chorus, but it's now considered a Christmas song that's played. I mean, it's not any more outlandish than my favorite things from Sound of Music, being a Christmas song. Right, except that like at no point does anybody try to make my favorite things a biblical thing. That's fair. <laughs> um, the Swedish language version is roughly translated, the title of it is roughly transla- translated to Do You See the Star in Blue? And the Danish title translates to When You See a Shooting Star, which is not particularly helpful um, in understanding how they made it a biblical Christmas song. Um, and so as far as Pinocchio today, um, Disney is working on a live action adaptation, but there's been a lot of, I think, back and forth with who's like with different directors and producers. Um, but in 2018, Tom Hanks was negotiating for the role of Geppetto in this movie. Um, all right. So now to the characters. Um, so the character that made me most curious was Gideon the cat, who is the Foxes, whatever his name is. Yes, the Fox's name was Honest John. Honest John, yes. Which was Honest Summer. Honest John's companion. Um, he stuck out to me, Gideon did, because I noticed that he again was mute. Um, I wrote that down too. I said, all right, Gideon, Dopey, all Harpo Marks. Another resource I read specific- specifically said it's a Harpo Marks character. Oh, really? Yeah. And so. Which um, they were really popular right then. Yeah, so originally Gideon was going to have a voice. A dial- he had dialogue written in by Mel Blanc, who oh, was yeah. in Looney Tunes fame for yeah. Bugs Bunny, Daffy Duck, Porky Pig, did other stuff too. But the dialogue was removed in favor of a mute performance similar to Dopey because Dopey was very successful as far as just like fan favorite of the dwarfs. But my uh, question was like looking at Pinocchio, um, the- I was trying to figure out like what the rule is at at Disney Studios as far as animals who can talk and animals who can't talk. And somebody pointed out that it might be that animals, when they wear clothes, then they'll talk like humans, which other than Gideon in this movie, that does work. Because even the boys, when they turn into donkeys, they shed their clothes and they're not, they're, they can't talk anymore. But like Alexander, the one donkey that can still talk, Absolutely. is still wearing clothes when they put him in that pen. But Gideon is the exception to that rule. Because he is wearing clothes. He is wearing clothes, but he never talks. Okay. I mean, obviously, I guess he's got more personality than like Figaro or Cleo, the cat and the goldfish. I feel like he's barely ahead of Figaro, though. Very slightly ahead yeah. in that he has apparently opposable thumbs and can write. Yeah. I think that's the only difference. Yeah. Well, and they're the same species. Yeah. So the dialogue was removed in favor of a mute performance, similar to Dopey. But don't worry, the hiccups were still done by Mel Blanc. Oh, yeah, he does hiccup. Gideon hiccups three times. I think it's the same hiccup sound clip every time, but it is done <laughs> by Mel Blanc. Um, and the original script that they created for the movie, there was going to be a third encounter with um, Pinocchio, Gideon, and Honest John, um, where the two of them would get arrested by the police. But it was cut. Yeah, I guess they do get away with it. Um, So Figaro Uh um, was actually your favorite character. I liked him a lot. Um, And I'm not a cat person, but I really like Figaro. He was also Walt Disney's favorite character in Pinocchio. Oh, look at that. There's a quote. He loved the kitten so much, he wanted him to appear as much as possible in the movie. I love that. Yeah. (laughs) And he has been in a few Disney shorts, um, most notably as uh, Minnie Mouse's pet cat. And so there's, like, character development over the years. At first, uh, Figaro and Pluto fight each other for Minnie's attention and love. 
Um, but in recent years with like the Mickey's Playhouse and stuff, they have made them friends. They're so like figure is still appearing mm-hmm. in like newly made shorts. All right. If we have any parents out there listening, you can confirm or deny this by emailing us at wolfdisneypodcast at gmail.com. Figaro was also the mascot of Ian Gleed, who was of the Royal Air Force in World War II, the mascot of his Hawker Hurricanes. Um, I don't know what that means. You just put a lot of words together. I'm honestly not sure if those words go in that order, but those are all the key words. And essentially, um, there is there are images of Figaro on the sides of these jet these uh, like bombers. Yeah, sure. Um, and it's a picture of Figaro swatting away a swastika. Oh, nice. nice. Yeah. On to Stromboli. Yeah. I think there are a lot of villains in this movie, but Stromboli is the only character from Pinocchio to be a part of the official Disney villains lineup. Oh, I didn't even know that existed. Yeah. Well, I think it's similar to like Disney princess lineup, but they have the Disney, like when they have them all side by side, Stromboli is the one that makes it from this movie as a villain. I mean, I don't, I definitely think he's not like the best character, but like, I also think the coachman and definitely honest John are way worse. So when I was watching it, I was concerned and noticing that every time he gets enraged, he starts speaking in Italian really quickly. That seemed like a red flag. And so when you look up his character, at least on, I don't know if this is in the book part, but on Disney's part, he is um, described as what we would now call a Romani person in from Italy. Yes. I was wondering about that because of like the cart and all yeah. of that. Yeah. And so a Pew Research study in 2015, which is, what, like 80 years after this movie, found that 86% of Italians still have unfavorable views of Romani people. Yeah, I mean, that's a cultural issue. Yeah, it's a cultural issue. When Um, we went to Hungary, there was a very negative view of the Roma people. Right, yeah. Um, With, Um, like, weird superstitions. Geppetto is also an Italian man, so why don't they look the same? Like, why are Stromboli's features exaggerated? I just didn't know. I wanted to know if in the the novel, Mm. Stromboli has the same origins. Uh, Like, maybe it might have, like, a Roma connection. I mean, it's an Italian novel written by an Italian. Like, to me, it seemed from the movie that we were supposed to just take Stromboli as an Italian. Like, I wondered if he was supposed to be, like, Roma, but but also, like, he had an Italian accent, like a stereotypical one. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, Stromboli, I think it's safe to say there are problematic elements with his character. Um, the next character, Monster the Terrible Whale, his voice, yes. was voiced. Yeah, he was voiced by Thurl Ravenscroft. Oh, yeah. Thurl. He did a thorough job of voicing a character that never said anything. You can joke all you want, but I do know that you will know this voice once I tell, not that you will recognize the voice, but you will know this, what else he did. So he did a lot of the voice acting for Disneyland rides. I think I saw that he is one of the parts of the Haunted Mansion ride. He's like characters in it. But, at least in my opinion, the most recognizable thing he did was he is actually the uncredited voice for um, the original You Are a Mean One, Mr. Grinch song. Oh. Which, like, you should get credit for that. Yeah. Um, My last character is Jiminy Cricket. Um, So as as Disney was coming up with their uh, storyline and what they'd use for the Pinocchio story... Well, because we already, we already talked about kind of the shift from the story of Pinocchio kind of not being great to Disney's rendition of him being just like a pretty naive, like nice little boy. Um, and so Disney figured with this change that Pinocchio was too helpless and led astray too often. Um, and so they established Jiminy Cricket. Okay. Um, and he was originally not going to be a main character. He was only going to be a cricket that Pinocchio killed by squashing him with a mallet that later returned as a ghost. Oh my gosh. I'm really glad they did not do that. Yeah. And so then they decided, no, he'll just be his conscience, which is a cute story. I like that storyline a lot. I mean, there, there are moments in this movie that I'm like, you know, when you look at the opening credits, it's 
99% men. They're writing the story. They're, they're coming up with the characterization. Um, and so like, like what part of them were like, Oh yeah, maybe he'll like smash this cricket with a mallet. And then somebody else was like, wait a second, that might not be appropriate for children. But then there's like one, the one scene where, um, Pinocchio is singing, on stage for Stromboli and he like falls down and he's a little bit embarrassed and then he like starts singing again he reaches down and he starts scratching his leg and I was like this is every kid at a Christmas pageant like every (laughs) preschooler they're up there and they're singing the song that their teachers taught them Mm -hmm. and they're fidgety and they don't know to do with their hands and so they just start like touching body parts like their nose their legs their backside I was like this is good writing right here like this is somebody who has observed a child (laughs) on stage yeah I do think it is um an overall kind of creepy weird story but I still think I I connected way more to the characters there than I did ever in Snow White oh yeah well like what remember what the moral of Snow White was yeah I think a large part of was the moral part um and the creation of Pinocchio and Bambi, um, Walt Disney was insistent that Pinocchio and Bambi as characters should be um, accessible to boys and girls. Pleasure Island only has boys in the movie, but mm-hmm. I don't know. It's not, I don't think it's super gendered, especially compared to Snow White, at least. Yeah. All right. And that's the production animation fun facts that I found. So let's move on to um, just initial reactions and notes we came up with while watching. So one of the things that I remember from last week is that I don't know where it came from in Snow White, but one of the characters is Jiminy Cricket. I think it's one of the dwarves, maybe. Yes. Um, but that that was a way to get around saying Jesus Christ mm-hmm. as like a swear. We'll have bumper stickers, and instead of God is my co-pilot, it'll say Jesus Christ is my conscience. Ooh, I like that. Or maybe just JC is my conscience. JC is my conscience. We'll let people decide what that means. That'll be in our swag store. Again, with the using a book to get you into a movie. And did you see what books they were? I didn't, I didn't notice it till I looked it up later on. So the books that you can see are Peter Pan and Alice in Wonderland. Yes. I mean, those seem like, especially Alice in Wonderland, like clear. That was a popular book. Yeah, like clear book movie. And I guess Peter Pan was probably a popular book too. Jam Barry, right? Yeah, so I, th- I think it's just, I mean, he may have had that in mind or an animator may have had it in mind too of like this, I read this book, Alice in Wonderland, this would be a fun thing to animate later on. Or like, these are books my kids are reading. Yeah. So I had questions about Geppetto. Okay. And just his backstory. <laughs> Did he ever have a romance? Is he a bachelor always? Is he a widower? Um, And the opening scene before Pinocchio is transformed into, I guess, not a real boy, but not a real puppet. Um, No, really, what is he? Limbo state. Um, I wrote in all caps, Geppetto talking to his animals and making Pinocchio dance is all of us in quarantine right now. Yes, I do. <laughs> Making the animals talk back and like inventing yes. storylines between your puppet and yes. your pets. Before Pinocchio is even created, it is just still, it is the energy of being in quarantine. It really is. It really um, is. When you've like the whole time, it starts with Jiminy Cricket being like, and there was one light on in the town. And, and so I was like, okay, so like midnight, 1 a.m it's nine o'clock when Geppetto says it's gotten late and that's how quarantine feels. It'll be seven and I'm like, oh no. How late is it? I still have to do this for two more hours. I know. Um, But yes, I think if I had watched this movie three months earlier, I think I'd be like, this man is crazy. But now I'm like, oh, maybe he's been locked up in this house. Um, Also in that scene, when he has kind of just dancing around and creating plot lines with his uh, children. He creates conflict between Figaro and Pinocchio. Makes Pinocchio kick Figaro. Yes. I noticed that. I was like, why are you trying? You're just messing with him. He's stirring the pot because he's bored and quarantined. (laughs) 
That's right, Figaro. Do you see what he did? You gonna take that? <laughs> so the cuckoo clocks. Annoying. Before they get annoying. Creepy. Are interesting. Like for a woman who's spanking her child. Yes, that one was weird. Um, there's that one. There was the drunk man who, when it was, when the clock's going off, he like pops out of a door or a window, and he's got like a mug in his hand, but instead of like making a normal noise, he's hiccuping mm. the hour. But my favorite clock is Geppetto's watch that goes off when he tells them that it's late. Mm-hmm. And I called it his, it's five o'clock somewhere pocket watch because the image is of two beer mugs clinking uh, yeah. like, on the hour. It's two beer mugs clinking. And I'm like, I, I can get behind that. I can get behind that watch. It's five o'clock somewhere. This might be moving ahead. The scene where Gemini Cricket's trying to sleep. And everything's making yeah. noise. Oh gosh, yeah. It made me so anxious. I I, re- I felt all too familiar. I re- um, there's no way that I'd be able to sleep with all those clocks. Whenever yeah. I dog sit, I have to move any clocks out of the bedroom wherever I'm dog sitting because it will keep me up all night I long. Mean, yeah, my white noise is on full blast all the mm-hmm. time now. Mm-hmm. Um, it reminds me of the scene in Juno when she's in Planned Parenthood and everybody's scratching. Oh, the nails. Yeah. It just makes me like very yeah. uncomfortable. Um, um, so I have questions that eventually grew into a theory about Geppetto's pipe. Okay. So he is in bed. Why is he smoking a pipe in bed? That just seems like a really bad idea. Two puffs, too. And then he just puts it back on his plate. Right. So my theory is okay. he's got some kind of marijuana in there. Like it's the precursor to like CBD oil for sleep. Stay with me. Okay. He smokes it right before bed and falls right to sleep. Yeah. None of the noise bothers him. Not the entire conversation with the blue fairy. Um, not Jiminy Cricket yelling enough. Not the whole give a little whistle moment when he's teaching Pinocchio how to whistle. And not during the song and dance that follows that. Yeah. Um, when Jiminy Cricket smells what's in his pipe, he almost passes out. Yeah. I also... That's my theory. I had not thought about it in those terms before, but I did notice the differentiation of tobacco use in the movie. Um, Well, and this is actually on Disney Plus, Pinocchio has a parent warning, a content warning for smoke, like tobacco use. And I don't know if it has like an alcohol warning, but there's definitely like beer consumption. Marijuana use? Was that part of the... From what I saw, it just said tobacco. his wish was weird. I wish for like a little boy or something like that. I wish, does he wish that Pinocchio would become a boy? I don't think so. I think he might. He wants, he wishes something really weird because I wrote, this seems like a really weird wish. And then as soon as I read that, Jimmy Cricket said, a very lovely thought, but not at all practical. Yeah. I heard, yeah. It would be great if I could like adopt a kid one day and like. Like, surely there's orphans in this village where there's, like, a play going on because we're all quarantined and... I mean, I think it's a strange wish. It would be weirder if he had just made a boy every day and was like, maybe this is the one. Whereas this day, he just, like, had baby fever and was like, I really wish I had a kid. And Pinocchio is a really cute puppet, like, as far as, like, puppets go. I'll buy it. <laughs> I like this movie more than I thought I would. I think you do. Um... I, I said this, that I do like that Geppetto gets to have his wish come true because he has made others so happy. Maybe that same night, Honest John made a wish. <laughs> and the yeah. Blue Fairy had to decide between granting his wish or granting Geppetto's. Uh, I think she made the, clearly the best choice. But the thing that I had a question about was, so she animates this puppet and then immediately goes into like all of the things he has to do in order to become a real boy. At some point, she's like, you have to be brave and truthful and unselfish, and you must learn to choose between right and wrong. Mm-hmm. Like, that's a lot of pressure to put on a newly animated marionette um, who's still probably figuring out, like, what legs are and pizza or, like, random <laughs> things. Mm-hmm. And to give these, like, not easily defined characteristics, like, why not wake Geppetto up, Blue Fairy, and say hey, you made this wish. You've done a lot of good things. Um, Forget school and education. He needs morals and, yeah. Also walk him to school. 
Yeah, that's... I do think they made his transition from puppet to puppet boy um, very seamless as far as like, yeah, he'll know how to get to school. He knows what an apple is and how to hold his books in his belt. It's ridiculous. Like, it goes from like, um, Geppetto wakes up, he's really excited. They have this whole song and dance thing. And then he's like, oh, it's really late. We should go to bed because you have to go to school tomorrow. Dude, like when we moved a bunch of kids, like, when we moved from Cuba, Child to, psychology. Yeah, like you, you gotta give a kid a chance to like transition, like yeah. especially when they weren't alive. <laughs> now they are. Like this to me is. I know you're supposed to like suspend disbelief and whatever, but like I, I really struggle with Geppetto. Like you send this kid to school with an apple, a textbook that you randomly have at your house. Somehow he knows the way to his school. Like, he is by himself making His conscience is there. What? His conscience is there. No, he wasn't. Jiminy Cricket overslept. (laughs) That made me look mad, but let's not. (laughs) This is the first... (sighs) My first clue that Jiminy Cricket is not going to be the best conscience. Um, But, like, any parent would walk their kid to school and be like... I need to enroll my child in the like neighborhood <laughs> school. I, I'd like to meet his teachers. You know, let's have a quick conference, and I'll say, "So Pinocchio has some some special like things that we need to think about." Like yesterday, he was not alive, and now he is. He is made of wood. There might be some like balance issues because he could not walk on his own yesterday. <laughs> like. Maybe we should fill out, like, a 504 or an IEP for him. Like, none of that happens. I have big issues with this. Um, Yeah, what would you do? um, So, for our listeners, Sarah, before her current career, was an eighth grade teacher. What would you do if, um, I mean, like, forget that he's even a puppet. Okay. What would you do if this kid, who just seems pretty clueless about everything, shows up with no explanation for what has happened? Okay, well, this assumes that the child can make it to school. First of all, if a child, like, (laughs) self-enrolled, you would have so many questions. Um, I would have, I would call the parent immediately and be like, hey, let's set up a meeting and just, like, all be on the same page. Like, does your child know anything? (laughs) Like, Can you spell his name? What? Can he spell his name? It's a like complicated name. Um, yeah, what's with the later hosen? This is not normal schoolboy attire. I will say, as weird as the whole like send-off thing was, it was very cute when they both came out in a later hosen. Sure. I liked it. I'm, I'm just still kind of mad at Geppetto. Oh, like, yeah, I, this I, is my favorite Disney movie. I mean, I know <laughs> like totally team Pinocchio. If the movie is teaching you a moral, like, to me, it's more moral for adults. Like, Geppetto, be a better father. (laughs) Um, But also, like, this skips way far ahead. But, like, instead of the moral of, like, being brave and truthful or whatever, blah, 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 it's a five-year-old kid, five-year-old boys and girls lie. Um, To me, the bigger issue was the adults and how they were controlled by greed right? Like, no. besides Geppetto, but, like, Stromboli, Honest John, yeah. Gideon, um, and Coachman, like, they are all motivated by greed. Like, to me, that's the bigger, larger issue, is don't let greed compromise your own beliefs and morals. So, a real boy is brave, truthful, unselfish, and just between right and wrong. Yes. And at Pearson Town Elementary School in Darn, North Carolina, once You're a proud quarter, panda. Once a quarter, we had proud panda awards, and they were based off of like the city's like um, characteristics of like a. Oh good yeah, we had that. Yeah, and so it was things like perseverance, honesty, um, kindness. I got kindness all the time. Really, that's shocking because you were not a kind kid to me. But I was just like a quiet kid, and so that was viewed as kind. The thing that she says: brave, courage, truthful, honesty unselfish that's like uh there were like eight characteristics that i don't remember right now i think that this is why pinocchio has resonated with you so strongly well like it harkens back to your proud panda days 
I was a proud panda most years. You got in trouble once, though. And I'm, st- I'm still proud about it. Um, <laughs> what did you get in trouble for now? I'm mostly proud that I did not know how, even how to spell the word fart, which is what I got in trouble for. How did you spell it? Well, actually, when I first had her fill the write-up form, um, I did spell it F-A-R-T. And, oh. and then I second-guessed myself. You can see the eraser marks of me going, Charlize is a more mature word than F-A-R-T. And so I spelled it P-H-A-R-T. It's my favorite story about you. Well, thank you. I just like back on my notes. And it's back on my rant about just being managed pet over sending Pinocchio to school. And I wrote, he literally does not know what other children are. <laughs> because they run past the front steps. And he's like, what are those? And it's like, those are children. Those are your schoolmates. <laughs> that should have been his first oh, clue oh. not to send him. Oh, Pinocchio says that. Yeah. I thought you meant Geppetto says that. And Jiminy has to correct them both. I was like, in this place, in this case, Jiminy is like their social worker and is arranging a home visit today. But he has like way too many cases in his caseload because he is always late. Yeah, so Jiminy is late on the first day and that does not set a great precedent for his job as his conscience. Yeah. He's not necessarily late in the future or in the next, like, scenes. He's the worst. But he, like, doesn't take clear steps I would take to, like, go, like, just say, like, well, I know they're going in this direction, so I'm going to backtrack and tell Geppetto while I follow them with Geppetto, who has long legs. Uh, <laughs> Good point. He yeah. definitely should have gone back to tell Geppetto. I mean, he, the, at the beginning, when the blue fairy comes, and she makes him... Pinocchio's conscience like really she's the only adult in this movie that is like thinking through the fact that Pinocchio will not have everything together at the get-go mm-hmm. but um Jiminy Cricket asks for like she like she gives him a makeover which really Disney missed out on an opportunity of a really good montage of Jiminy Cricket trying out like brand new clothes um it could have been the first Disney montage and I would have been here for it but after that, like, that's not good enough. And so he asks for, like, a badge, a conscience badge. And yeah. she's like, well, we'll see, like, if you can prove yourself or something like that, you know? And it's like, okay, that seems like an obvious challenge. Yeah. And then he oversleeps. And then he's always like, well, fine, Pinocchio. Like, if you don't think you need me, then good luck in, like, Hollywood or whatever yeah. the equivalent in Italy is. I said, I think the moral of the story is to let your conscience be your guide, but Jiminy Cricket is horrible at it, so I'm not sure we're learning it. But then, so you said, like, why doesn't he go and get Geppetto? Mm -hmm. Well, he says, he says to himself, I should go and tell somebody, I should go get Geppetto. And then he goes, no, that'd be snitching. Yeah. It's like, we're really going to do the snitches wind up with stitches uh-huh. decision-making guide. Yes. Yeah. I, I noticed that and I was like, that's an interesting thing that Disney was like, this is part of our morals now is yes. that we don't snitch. It's stitches. Yeah. <laughs> um, so then he gets picked up by Honest John, which I don't think is a good nickname for him because he's not very honest. Right. Um, and then he becomes a, um, singer mm-hmm. on stage. And singer, songwriter, dancer, actor. Songwriter. It's amazing. Between Pinocchio and the semi-music scene. I'm like, here for puppets. Yeah. Here for There's, Natalie. Do you have puppet experience? I was going to say, in church, I was in a puppet ministry. I think that's what you wanted me to say. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and middle school, my Sunday school class did create puppet performances for the church. I never saw them. That's a bummer. And Lucas, my friend Lucas, in middle school, his elective was puppetry arts. Um, so he got credit in school for doing puppets. What kind of fancy school did he go to? Wake County. So then, after that, they go back to Geppetto, who has prepared an entire feast for dinner. But it's like, where is that Pinocchio? <laughs> um, and then he says, 
nobody eats until we get back. And Figaro has a full-on fish in front of him. And as soon as Geppetto walks out, he's, like, about to eat the fish. And Cleo's like, no, like, in her little fish bubbly way. Like, don't eat that fish. You heard what Geppetto said. Like, if she could say words, that's what she would say. Um, that's what she's upset about, that Figaro would not listen to Geppetto. Not the fact that Figaro is about to eat a fish. Right. So then they go back to Pinocchio, and he's in the like bird cage well before he gets in the bird cage Stromboli is like counting up all the money they've made but then he gets this really weird line about like I'll keep you around until you get too old and then I'm gonna chop you up Mm -hmm. like you see this like wood bin with like an already discarded puppet which you're like can you not make money it's he's still a live puppet Right. Like, he'll do TED Talks or something. Like, there'll be some way that an adult puppet can make money. Um, here's another moment where I yelled at Jiminy Cricket um, when he catches up to Pinocchio in the cart. Mm-hmm. Um, he says, oh, buck up, son. It could be worse. <laughs> yeah, Jiminy has seen things. Oh, yeah, that's true. You should know that that's still, like, not a helpful pastoral response. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I never once walked into a hospital room and said, I know you're on this floor, but it could be worse. Buck up, son. It could be I've, worse. I've seen the medical ICU, and you're only in the neuro ICU. So then they get broken out of the Stromboli cart. And this is when the movie really starts to stress me out. Mm-hmm. Because it's just one of those movies where somebody's trying to get somewhere, and there's all these things that sidetrack them. Mm-hmm. And that stresses me out. This is Jimmy Cricket, again, being a horrible conscience. They jump out, and then they're, like, in the streets of the little tiny Italian town. And I don't know. the night, right? Yeah. And Jimmy's like, I'll race you home. Yeah, that's what happens. (laughs) He, like, takes off, and it's like, are you kidding me? I mean, like, charging a kid to a race is a great trick. It can be a great trick to get them to clean up their toys quicker, to get home quicker. I've done it. Sure. You still should know where that child is, and you're only beating them by a little bit. And it's only if the child is reluctant to go in the first place. Pinocchio wants to get home right. to Geppetto. Pinocchio has seen danger. And yes. Like, yeah, I would love it. to go back home. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. So, so, so Jimmy Cricket challenges him to a race, which is just so irresponsible. And then that's when Honest John and Gideon catch up, convince him that he's crazy. Yeah. And that he needs a break at Pleasure Island. And that's how he gets to Pleasure Island. Um, I wrote down the four things that they're initially enticing the kids with when they get to Pleasure Island. They are cake, pie, dill pickles. Oh, yeah. And ice cream. Um, So... (laughs) Were they writing this? And one of the writers was like, oh, no, not all kids like sweets. Some of them just like <laughs> crunchy, salty things. Throw a dill pickle in there and that'll yeah. make everyone happy. Um, then they, Jimmy Cricket finds them in a pool hall. Uh, Jimmy Cricket like either quits or is fired. And he stomps off and he's like, fine, like be your own conscience or whatever. And then he sees the donkeys. And I said, Alexander is the saddest character in this entire movie. Is he the one who wants his mama? Yeah. Because, like, the coachman is, like, processing all of the boys. And, like, if they if they can't talk, then they're, like, full-on donkeys. And he's, like, great. Like, we're going to sell you to the circus. Or we're going to sell you to the salt mines. And then he's, like, and what's your name? And he's, like, Alexander. And he's, like, and then he, like, throws him in a pen. I'm, like, what happens? Like, is he ever going to fully transform? No. Or just, he lives in this, and then he's, with all these other boys, they're all wearing clothes, but they're donkeys. And then he, like, cries like he wants his mama. And that's the saddest. The scariest part of the movie is definitely Lamp like turning into a donkey. Like, when they just cut over to the shadow, and he, like, transforms into a quadruped that it's it's creepy like it feels like even the animators were like we can't really show that let's just show the shadow yeah it's similar to snow white like dying in the corner yeah they just show in the yeah but fast forward to what wasn't too scary to show 
Pinocchio face down in the water after the monster. It was chilling. That was the scariest image. It was image. translucent. It was weird. Oh God, it was weird. One of the scarier elements to me that we have not talked about are the coachman's henchmen. We're just black mm. figures mm-hmm. who have no identity if they're like the half donkey, half kids, just like, like men who have just like sold out to this. Are they humans at There's all? There's no definition to them. I mean, yeah. They're, yeah. Um, so then Pinocchio gets back to his house, to Geppetto's workshop, and there's cobwebs everywhere. Blue Fairy, when she leaves them in Stromboli's, like, cart, she says, this is the last time I can help you. But then she, like, sends him a message from Geppetto out of the belly of the whale. With the written story. Yeah. Um, so then they, like, Pinocchio's like, I have to go find him. And... Um, I wrote, let's see if I can hold my breath as long as it takes Pinocchio to find Monstro. I did not realize how long it would take. And then I wrote, you could (laughs) cut out about 10 minutes of this underwater scene. That's true. It lasted so long. Um, Yeah. They see Geppetto in the belly of the whale. I said, this has been done before. Jonah. (laughs) Geppetto is like mourning Pinocchio and he says, he was such a good boy. I said, how do you even know Geppetto? You knew him, like, what, 12 hours? <laughs> you have the least of every character in that scene. every character. Um, and then, oh, oh, Chimney Cricket. Chimney Cricket. So they are, like, looking for this whale, and then they find the whale, and the whale wakes up, like, when this, like, school of fish swims by. Yeah. And then they, like, start panicking, and Pinocchio starts to swim, and Jiminy, like, swims ahead of him and says, Pinocchio, don't wait for me, and, like, is obviously ready to leave Pinocchio to be swallowed by the whale. I said, I really think they could have cut out about 10 minutes of this underwater slash whale swallowing Pinocchio and Jiminy Cricket scene. Um, I believe that. Also, the scene has to continue because Thurl Ravenscroft needs his scene. Yes. Just a reminder, he is the voice of the whale. Is that, is it just a sneeze? Like, <laughs> like, the, oh, 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 like that? Mean one. Yeah. <laughs> You're a dead one, Pinocchio. Right. So, so then Pinocchio, who having never gone to school, is the smartest person that the whale has swallowed. He decides to build a fire. Uh-huh. And the smoke will make the whale sneeze. And my question, not to be like that everything happens for a reason person, because I'm not that person, but would Pinocchio have gotten that idea if he had not smoked cigars in Pleasure Island? That cigar smoke makes you sneeze? Mm-hmm. Did he sneeze? Or like, at least, like, makes, like, an inner, like, reaction of, like, like, a, like I need, like, something has to get out. Feel. Yeah. And maybe they just couldn't figure out a way to work in from the original book that the whale had asthma. Yes, the asthma part is lacking in this movie. And um, all they had to do was draw an inhaler underwater. And then Pinocchio would have been swallowed and he would have been like, oh, hey, Geppetto, um, right before we were swallowed, I did notice that the whale was like shaking an inhaler with his giant flipper. Um, it's the world's largest inhaler, of course, but I think you might have asthma. History of asthma. Oh my God. <laughs> Nothing big in the earth that Nokia. Nothing big about whale asthma. Okay, how about this? Can whales, <laughs> the options are not of asthma. But what is, can whales sneeze? Can whales have asthma? Scientists believe that whales may have evolved from prehistoric wolf-like mammals. Are we the monsters? <laughs> this will be our last podcast episode. <laughs> yeah. Oh, gosh. Again, this movie, never ending. <laughs> they get spit out of the whale. I've never seen a whale sneeze before. I guess it was believable. Um, yay, they're out. Happily ever after. Ten more minutes of this whale chasing them. <laughs> And oh yeah, the back and forth—it's a lot. Oh my gosh, it's so much. Not necessary. And do you know who I was worried about the whole time? The fish or the cat? Both. 
um, but Pinocchio has to save Geppetto. And in a classic um, Rose and Jack scene from Titanic, mm-hmm. Geppetto tells Pinocchio to save himself. But what didn't happen in Titanic, where Rose could have made room for Jack, um, Pinocchio does save Geppetto. Um, and then the next scene, Geppetto is thrown ashore. We don't know where Pinocchio is. Mm-hmm. Cleo and Figaro are there. Thank mm-hmm. goodness. I was honestly concerned that the movie might end with Geppetto and his two companions living and that's it. And then being like, well, we had a good time. We learned lessons and like we learned from- You thought the Disney movie might end with Pinocchio just dying? I did. I'm going to be honest there. I did think that was possible. I mean, I know it's a terrifying movie, but like that's really bad. So then- the next scene, they're back at Geppetto's house, and he has this dead puppet on his bed. He's still crying. And then the blue fairy, I guess, comes back in or something. She either says this or you hear her say it, but it's like back what she said when she first animated him. And she said, prove yourself brave, true, and unselfish, and someday you'll be a real boy. But I added, but this is not what I meant. <laughs> like... Like, did he have to save his dad's life in order to be a real boy? That's a good question. If he had just gone to school, um, I was also mad at the very end when um, Jimmy Cricket is given his badge because, like, did he earn that? Yes. He did not Again. earn that. Again, that Cricket could have left a long time ago, and he stayed. Through did he th- help? Through thick and thin, he was there. Did he help? Do your consciences help? Yes. You don't it's listen to it? If you don't listen to it, it's still there. That's true. And he does say that. Your conscience is, is the voice that you don't listen to. But it kind of gave himself an out, I guess. In the end, my main thought is, so Pinocchio's back. Jiminy's back. That's cool. And we're just not going to intervene with the large uh, trafficking, kidnapping scam that's happening um, in at least the country. Yeah, that's a huge issue in, like, resolution. And we got mad at Snow White for having lack of resolution, and they had a whole storybook ending. That's true. Whereas Pinocchio had a storybook beginning, it would not have been hard to say, and these evil people, like, were arrested. So my scariest scale for this movie. It's really scary. I I would say, like, my... I did not ask you. Can I guess what I think you're going to say? Sure. I gave Snow White a seven. Okay. I think based on the changing of human boys into donkeys and the face down Pinocchio scene in the water mm-hmm. and like the chance to scar a child for life, um, I would say nine. What'd you say? So I gave Pinocchio a six. Oh my God, there's no way. It's so much scarier than Snow White. Your scale is wrong. What is your scary scale based on? It is based on the images projected at me. Okay. I still think that scary old witch is oh. scarier than a whale or than a fox. Okay, but those were neither of the things that I named when I listed <laughs> why I would rate the movie that way. Also, like the witch, the witch trope has been done a million times. Everyone knows what a witch looks like. I stand by, for me, Pinocchio is not that scary. You have to at least give it the same rating as Snow White. No. I just don't even know what's going to get scarier than that. I really don't. Like, looking forward to other Disney movies, like, I don't think it gets scarier than Pinocchio. I'm going to call it. I'm calling it. What's really scary about Pinocchio, it's it's the unknown. It's the unexpected. It's like, you think you can trust adults and you can't. (laughs) yeah you're right that's the moral i got from it (laughs) do you want to revise your rating i will i will make pinocchio the same as snow white it's an improvement and i will take it but i think maybe your skill should be seven is the highest number i will i will move retroactively snow white and pinocchio to eight out of ten in my opinion like it's the evil you know you you know she's evil you know she's scary Okay, also to be fair, my scary scale, as you know, comes from me being a child and not, like, psychoanalyzing a movie. Yeah, we weren't allowed to watch a lot of stuff when Natalie was a kid and she was afraid of it. Yeah. So, that's fair. 
Okay, so now that we have watched two Disney movies, um, we have a new tradition. And every episode, we will compare the last movies we've watched with the current movie and choose our favorite Disney movie overall from those movies total. So this week, we're choosing just between Snow White and Pinocchio, whereas in the future podcasts, it might be like 10 movies and one new movie we just discussed. Um, but this might be like an, not an easy, but a fun way to determine what um, is our favorite movie. Thank you for explaining how math works in the passage of time, Natalie. So my favorite movie so far is Pinocchio. Oh God, this is so hard. <laughs> Sarah, oh. what's, what's your favorite Disney movie between Snow White and Pinocchio? I can't pick The Emperor's New Groove. I would say that it was, it's probably Pinocchio. You can keep that smug look on your face. I mean, gosh, the next couple movies suck too. <laughs> yeah. No, just one more. I mean, I think you can definitely see a an improvement of quality between Snow White and Pinocchio as far as like the writing, the plot, the characterization, the animation, the comedy, the music. I mean, I think it's overall... a a huge improvement over Snow White. Um, But my closing opinion is it's too long. I mean, there's like four episodes in this movie, right? Yeah, I I thought it would be over once they left Pleasure Island. Yeah, it's not. And then it wasn't. But I mean, it's it's good. (laughs) That's not my favorite. All right, this has been another episode of Wolf Disney. Um, most of my sources came from, this is Sarah, came from Wikipedia, as well as, um, a website that maybe is somebody's, like, final project for, like, grad school or something, um, but it was called The Impact of Pinocchio, Western European and North American Culture. It's a Weebly website, but it was very informative. Most of my sources came from Wikipedia, Oh My Disney, and DisneyWiki on fandom.com. As always, we are totally open to suggestions and corrections and ideas or questions of where to go on this podcast. Unless you're going to tell me that Figaro is a trash character, in which case we are not interested in hearing that. Um, Jimmy Cricket, go for it. So next week we're doing Fantasia. Just go ahead and email us at wolfdisneypodcast at gmail.com. That's wolf with no E. Disney with an E. Podcast. Well, if there's an E in between it and Y, it's wolf. W-L-L-F-D-I-S-N-E-Y-P-O-D-C-A-S-T at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. See you next week for Fantasia. Don't watch Disney like my sister. What? It's like it's like car talk. Don't drive like my brother. (laughs) (laughs) This has been Wolf Disney. Thanks for listening. Our theme song is Lamb and Wolf by Poddington Bear. See you next week.